Hey everybody, good morning. I guess it's morning. Welcome to uh, the Dates and Yaks show. I'm Chris Dayton. I'm Amber Yecklin. And welcome to the show. Alright, so uh, this week we are talking about internal drive and whether or not real estate agents actually have it. <laughs> I guess that's a good question, right? You're either a type A person, which both of us are actually. We're both type A, quote unquote, driven, high D if you use the DISC profile. Uh, get things done, uh, don't waste a lot of time, type people. And the question is, can you learn that? Or is it just something you're born with and you just can't, you know, if you don't have it, too bad. What do you think? So this is a really interesting scenario for me, I think, because I feel like anything can be taught, but not everything can be learned. Does that make sense? What about mastered? Can it be mastered? I mean, I think if it's already innately inside of you, there's always a way to master something. Um, like personally, and if we use the disc, I'm, I'm a high eye. I mean, that was pretty obvious the first time you met me, right. I'm sure. I'm just all over, I'm, you know, high intensity and... You and I are counterbalanced because right. you're a high I D and I'm a high D I. Yes. And if anybody hasn't taken the disc profile. It's really interesting and you should. Yeah, you can just go to TonyRobbins.com, take it. It's quick. It's easy. Um, so it was funny. That was the first time I'd ever taken something like that is when I came to join your team. And what I have found in my life and all the jobs and many jobs I've had is that I tended to be the person who would just instinctively work as hard as I could. Like I can't make myself work less hard. So where did you get that? Like the work ethic. That's a work ethic thing. Well, I guess that's my question. Like, is that something inside of me? Is that something that somebody, um, you know, was able to mold and, and, and help me find? Or is it just innate that's just the kind of person that I am and I can't turn that off? Because the hard part, and I think the real reason I ended up being so drawn to something like real estate is that I spent a lot of years working with people who didn't work as hard as I did, but we made the same money. Oh, infuriating. So infuriating. So one thing I loved about the service industry, because I spent years serving and bartending, was for the most part, I controlled my money. If I'm a better server than you, I make more money than you. If I can handle more tables, more volume, all of that. But then at the end of the day, I watched the lazy bums get away with not doing this and not doing that and taking extra days off. And it's, it gets totally infuriating. Right. So what I love about real estate is I'm a 1099 independent contractor. I work for me at the end of the day. Right. I work as much or as little as I want. Yeah. So imagine the corporate world where I came from sitting in a cubicle with the fact that the guy next to you didn't work as hard, doesn't do anything, and then gets praise. In fact, uh, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway. No, I exactly know what you're saying. I feel like the corporate world is like the less you work, for some reason, they just keep giving you promotions. You give promotions. You <laughs> just keep moving up the ladder. If you're screwing up, you're moving up. <laughs> That's the facts. <laughs> now, I didn't work in a highly corporate environment. I did for a short, short period of time, but it was more like property management level and leasing apartments and things like that. So still kind of real estate-ish related mm -hmm. um, where I made bonuses. And, and I've been drawn to those commission-based types of jobs growing up. And I think it's because I was so sick of working next to somebody. I, my first job was at McDonald's. Do you know that? 
I worked the drive-through window. Nice. And I worked, unfortunately, with some people who just they didn't get it. They couldn't even put a sandwich together and get it out the window in the amount of time needed. Yeah, minute thirty. Right. <laughs> and when I started working at McDonald's, the hourly rate was five twenty-five an hour. Good. When I worked there, it was four twenty-five an hour. So <laughs> f you. So you I made, made a whole dollar made more than me. Five twenty-five an hour. That's because you're a woman. Yeah, and I was yeah of course, <laughs> at fourteen years old. How old are you when I was fourteen? Like. 65? Yeah, shut up. Yeah. So, um, and the people next to me, like, I had to start doing their jobs as well as mine to make sure the customers were happy, but I wasn't making any more money. And that was my first hard lesson of everybody can pat you on the back and praise you, but I didn't want your praise. I want the cheddar, baby. Yeah, give me the money. Give me, show me the money. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> I think you just yelled that loud enough. By the way, we're in a library. Whatever, we're in a private room. <laughs> private room in a library, doing our podcast. It's fun. Yelling, show us the money. Show me the money. <laughs> if you're not careful, that librarian lady's going to come over here and be like, I told you the rules. Oh, yeah. Well, the rules didn't say no shouting. It just said no food. Hey, praise the Lord. I'm just filled up, ready to go. Um, funny story about my experience at McDonald's. and I learned that sales is going to be an interesting career path pretty early in life. I was working the front register, and this lady... <laughs> so he ordered a strawberry milkshake. This is this is the problem with society, by the way. I'm a four dollar and twenty five cent per hour employee. I'm a kid. I believe at the time I was sixteen, sixteen years old. Maybe a little bit of a smart aleck. Maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not so much uh, in the mood to deal with you know people and their nonsense. But this is when I learned that the scales are not equal. And no, it's not a, a white privilege thing or anything. Like that. It's privilege. It's called being smart. And there's being smart and there's being dumb. And there's no in between. You can be smart now. You can just get online. There's tons of information. We're in the age of information. So it's really an equal ground. So anyway, this lady orders a strawberry milkshake. I ring her up. Take her money. I, order, I turn around to the milkshake machine, which has three levers. One for vanilla, one for chocolate, and one for strawberry. It's very complicated. I fill it up. And uh, when I fill it up, at the very top, this lady apparently did not understand how strawberry milkshakes are made at McDonald's, but it's a mix. Yep, it's vanilla mm -hmm. with a mix. And so at the very top, it popped out a little white, you know, Which vanilla. it always does. If you've always. ever gotten a milkshake from McDonald's, if you've ever worked at McDonald's, if you've ever worked at most fast food places, a little bit of white's always at the top of the milkshake. Yep. So she looks at it and she goes, sir, I ordered a strawberry shake. And I said, uh, yep, I know. Man, that is a strawberry shake. Go ahead and take a look. She points at the top and says, this is vanilla. And I look at her and I said, well, yeah, you know, the machine does that. And she goes, well, I asked for, I asked for a strawberry milkshake. Okay. So I turn around and I make it, I go, I'll make it again for you. And I held it, I go, you can see it coming down. It's pink. You know, I wanted to show her that it was pink ice cream coming in. So it's pink going into this cup. She gets all done. She goes, I want to see the manager. You don't know what you're doing. This still has the vanilla in it. And I just go, yep, okay. Hey, Mike, uh, this lady wants to talk to you. He says the same thing. Man, this is a strawberry shake. She takes the shake, grabs the, the cup, slams it on the front counter, 
Shake goes everywhere. There is there is pink ice cream all over the place. And screams at the top of her lungs. I asked for a goddamn milkshake. And I just I sat there and I go, looks pretty strawberry to me, lady. And that's when she stormed off. Uh, that was very interesting. And then Mike turns to me and goes, hey, clean this up. And I was like, hell no. You're the one that got her to throw it. <laughs> See? So another thing, like you had already been so assertive at a young age, you were like, no, I didn't cause this woman to be upset. I'm not cleaning this up. I, being such a people pleaser, only child, whatever you want to psychoanalyze me as, I spend a lot of time wanting to people please. And that's part of my drive in doing my best job for people is I want them to see that who they hired was a good choice. Yeah, I got so fired. I'm driven by. Yeah, well, I did it. I got a ten cents an hour raise, and then I figured out real quick that that was not the kind of reward that I wanted. So I moved on to a new job fairly quickly. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all about moving up in the world, but it's about having that drive. You know, you have that drive. Yeah. How many times have you seen somebody who says all the right things, but then their actions don't line up with their words? They set up goals. They set they're like, I'm going to do this or that, and then it never happens. So here's why I think that in real estate and probably in a lot of other career paths that what transferable skills you already have can be tweaked, taught, and mastered because I had an internal drive to want to do a good job. doesn't matter what the job is, right? Mm -hmm. um, I worked catering a lot for my cousin. I always wanted to do a good job for her. Those jobs were tough. They were grueling. You're out in the sun. You're wearing all black. It's 100 degrees. It's a wedding. You have to, like, still look presentable, and you're literally dying, you know, cleaning up people's dishes. But I wanted to do it well because it's somebody's wedding. You know, it's about caring about what's happening right. on the other side. It's really about having that sympathy and empathy for what is happening in whatever situation. So I would say that to say when I came to real estate, and I met you and I joined your team. You took my transferable skills and you taught me. But the difference is I learned, I heard what you said, I took it into account and I moved forward. And this is next piece for all of the people who are thinking about starting real estate and who, or who are brand new in real estate. I hear this every single time. I don't know enough to get started. And you are never, ever ever going to know enough to get started. So you might as well not start. Right. Because you literally in this business, you have to jump all in, feet first, find a good mentor, whether you want to be an individual agent or join a team like I chose to do. That's a very individual basis kind of decision that you can make. Find a realtor that you know is successful, that you trust, that you like their work ethic, the way they handle their clients, and ask them to mentor you. Ask them to coach you. Because you don't know anything about real estate until you do a transaction, and every transaction is new, and every single time you learn something new. They're crazy. If I had waited to know what I know, I mean, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't know what I know now. I'm going, what, uh, two and a half years in. That's it. Well, I think it's the difference between um, almost like the schools and the trades. You know, people go to school, they sit in a classroom, they hear a lecture, they read a book, but have they done it? No. Versus somebody who's in a workshop environment it's like, no, go do this. We're going to practice. It's so funny. I've been in classes where you have to do role play and people freak out oh, about yeah. role play. 
And I'm like, what do you think you're going to do with a real client? This is actually pretend, but if there's 20,000 on the line, how are you going to be now? If you're freaking out, worried about how I'm going to judge you, I'm not paying you. Mm-hmm. I just, I find that fascinating that people don't want to practice. Also, I think the slippery slope is I want to see someone succeed in the way that I am on my success train. You know, I, I don't say mm-hmm. I've succeeded yet because I feel like I've got a big goal and more room to grow. Mm-hmm. And every year has gotten better and better, which is how you want to be in any business. Right. What do corporations tell you? My husband, he works a nine to five desk job. He's very happy to do that. He likes to punch in, punch out. He likes to know what his paycheck's going to be every two weeks. We could not be more polar opposite in when it comes to what it makes us comfortable work-wise. Mm-hmm. But he sits on conference calls. And what do you think that corporation tells him every conference call? More bottom line, more numbers, higher the uh, every year. It's more, 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 more chugging along, right? We do the same thing for ourselves, but they're our own goals. So it doesn't feel like the man coming down on us on a conference call every week, you know? <laughs> the man. That's the beauty of it. So I want to share that success with others, but there's such a fine line between wanting it so bad for somebody that it's more than they want it for themselves. And then you feel that disappointment. I read a study that uh, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, I think four or five years ago, that uh, there was an interview with a guy, a corporation, he changed everyone in the company's salary to 70000 because they found that if somebody makes $70,000 a year, they're content. They can live prim- primarily where they want to live. They can go on a vacation, a two-week vacation, pretty much anywhere they want. They can you know, go out to eat from time to time, and, and you know, they have enough money to take care of their bills, and they feel secure. 70000 was the magic number. Uh, and I found that fascinating because for me, I look at that and go, wow, that's so limited. Who can you, you can't really do anything with 70,000. But then the shift, and I had an aha moment when I realized most people only look at themselves. They're only taking care of themselves. They never look outwardly. What can I do to help you? Right. And that takes money too. That's and why you're I love saying the more like on a global scale, how can you help other people? Oh yeah, like- but I think that's your passion. I mean, what are you, what are you created for? What are you, what's your purpose? You know, if your purpose is to make $70,000 and go to Applebee's every two weeks, you know, God bless you. But I think you missed something along the way. That's just my personal opinion. And I would want more for you. And that's where the trap comes in. Is I want more for you because you don't even see how great your potential is. And what I mean by that is what a shame if you didn't make a ton of money. Not so that you could roll around, you know, and, and you know be naked in huge piles of money and be like, look <laughs> at me. You know, like that, the Donald Dunker, what was that? Right. The no, DuckTales. It's, you know, uh, where the, the yeah, grandpa jumps Uncle, in. Yeah, yeah he jumps Scrooge. In, he jumps into the big pool of money. Of coins, That's, yeah. Yeah, That's always stuck with me. <laughs> I'm never going to do that. But I want to have that so that I can do great things or I can steer that money and really help a lot of things. So again, Chris, is that something that you were just born with, that mindset? Or were you taught that somewhere along the way? Because not everybody has that. Some people listening to this would die to make 30000 a year, 50000 a year, right? I mean, I was came from being a waitress. My first transaction, I went to Target. I made it rain at Target, you know? So, but then it shifts, right? What I thought my first year was a lot of money. Then my second year when I made more money, I go, oh. Look how much more I could do. And then, like you said, goes the giving. 
and the being able to do more outreach things and everybody's different and what that looks like and their family and what that... I think it does something good. I think, first of all, I do think everyone is born with greatness inside them. I really do. I believe that you were created with a purpose. Um, that's a whole, maybe that's a podcast for another time where we talk about our origins and what we believe and things like that. And regardless of whether you believe in God or not, I still believe everybody has that in them. It's a humanity thing. Like you, we were talking before, we were just talking about humanity and issues. And I think it's inside you. And I really do believe that you can pull it out and you can grow that, you can fertilize it, you can make it happen. Uh, and, and that greatness comes to the forefront. But I think there's people who pull it out of you too, which goes to a, you know another topic: who do you surround yourself with? And also, how far do you go to pull that greatness out of somebody when they're resisting? Like, wh where's the threshold of you don't believe in yourself yet because you've put limitations on your own mind? I'm going to help you break through that. Versus, you're never going to want this bad enough for yourself, and I can no longer help you. Yeah, that's a fine line. Whew, that is a mouthful right there. And if anybody's listening to this. <laughs> you write that down. <laughs> That's a little nugget for you there. Just, just <laughs> awesome stuff. All right, so we're gonna we got a new phone number. You want to pull that up? Oh yeah, sure do. So we, did, we went and we got a phone number so that you guys can call us and give us your feedback too, or call into the show if you want to, and uh, we'll do your best, uh, do our best to handle the topics and things like that. But I think we're you know coming with some good stuff. We've got a couple more topics lined up for next few weeks but go ahead and fire off that uh... yeah so we'd love for you to uh, give us a call that phone number is 248-934-1212 and uh, you'll connect with Chris and I and we just want to know are you uh, a brand new agent are you considering real estate or some other career in which it's a commission based that you feel like you've got some limitations if you are already talking yourself out of something before you even start why Take a look at really try to delve in and take a moment and spend some time with yourself and think, why? Why are you holding back? What is it that you are afraid of? Because it's fear. Yeah. It's fear. It's fear. And if you can break through that fear, there's always going to be something that's holding you back. I still have things that hold me back. You still have things that hold you back. But we'll do that for another time. People you surround yourself with and, and whatever other topics you uh, are interested in hearing yeah, it's about. It's almost like who do you surround yourself with and what is professionalism to you? That'll be our next one. Oh, time. yeah. Oh, I got a good one for that. Okay, so again, you guys, that number is 248-934-1212. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, we are the Dayton Group. Uh, we are powered by EXP Realty, and we would love to uh, hear some comments, and we're going to go ahead and post that uh, uh, this podcast on our Facebook page as well as Spotify and a few other places. I know, Spotify, right? And we're on Spotify. Google. Yeah, we've made it. Wow, high five. Good time. <laughs> All right, guys, over and out. We'll see you next week.